thought and it's been buzzing around my head for a few weeks now. I go out for a run and I, my head clears and I start to think more clearly and I keep coming back to this thought. And so this thought is about, it's, uh, it's a thought which has obviously been resonating with me and my story, but it's for anyone of us who has ever felt fearful or afraid or like you want to curl up and become invisible. Maybe that's just past tense. Maybe that's right now. Maybe it will come in the future. Uh, I hope not for your future. But if, um, if that's something that you connect with, then maybe you'll want to hear my thought. Uh, today. Um, if you're fearful, if you're afraid, if you want to curl up and become invisible. So my story begins uh, when I was a school kid. Uh, I grew up in Dover and I used to, um, and I lived in a village on the outskirts and my school was in Dover itself, uh, Dover Grammar School. And um, I had to, which is important to the story, so um, I had to get there by walking or biking. Um, often I would get a lift, as it turns out. But um, I'd also, uh, at least 40% of my life, would walk to and from school. So if it was three miles, it would be a free bus pass. So officially it was 2.9 miles from my end of the village to uh, the school. And to get to the school, you had to uh, go through a, an estate, um, and this estate was quite a rough estate. Or, if you didn't want to do that, that was the most direct route. You could go a different way, uh, still down a bit of a dodgy cut, but at least you'd be um, more around the town and more where there were lots of people. And so it was deemed a little bit safer. At the end of every term, we would have this bizarre thing. Oh, and the other thing to say is that the secondary school was literally right next to the grammar school. There was just like a simple little um, gate and uh, you go through the gate, not like a gate you'd open and shut, just a, a passageway gate, and you'd then be on the grounds of the secondary school. So well, they kind of shared the site, but never really shared anything. The schools didn't get on and the, uh, the, the pupils would often fight with each other. Hmm. Great fun, hey? So this weird, weird thing would always happen at the end of every term. Uh, I hope it doesn't happen anymore, but it certainly happened all the years that I was at the school. So the grammar school would uh, finish early on the last day of term. Um, so I can't remember what time school finished, but let's say school finished at 3.15. So on the last day of term, school would finish a little bit early. It would finish at three o'clock and the secondary school next door would finish at 3.15, and it was deliberately a 15-minute gap between the two. Now, what that meant, if you were a pupil and you were on your way home, was that like you had a 15-minute head start to get home before you might get caught by the children from the secondary school who might want to beat you up. I know that sounds awful, but there you go. That is the reality of the story. Uh, grammar school, we had to wear blazers, and so we looked noticeably different to the kids from the secondary school. Um, so one day, uh, last day of term, I, I'm traveling home, and all the way through the process, right, you get to a point where you think, oh, I could go that way. Oh, it's like half an hour longer it might be even a whole mile longer do I really want to go that way 
when you're a teenager, you don't really want to go the longer route ever. So I would think, oh, I'll cut through uh, the housing estate. It'll be all right. I won't see anybody. And I'll get through to the other side. And then literally the weirdest thing happens with like spaces. When you get into the the village um, the uh, or the athletic ground on the way to the village, you suddenly move into a safe zone where you don't need to worry anymore and you can relax. Um, so on this occasion, I decided that I would uh, cut through the housing estate. I would go the direct route and I'd get home as quick as I could. <laughs> However, because, uh, well, because I'm Sid and because I was young, um, I had some money in my pocket and on the way through there was a, there was a corner shop and I thought, oh, I'll go in the corner shop, get myself something to eat, something to drink, a can, and oh, and a chocolate bar. I got myself a marathon. I absolutely loved a marathon. If anyone listening to this doesn't know what a marathon is, then you've got to Google that and find out because it was amazing and you can still get it, but they renamed it the Crazy Falls. So anyway, um, I, I bought my stuff. I came out of the shop and, I, and then you'd have to turn right and right again, so on yourself, and then go up an alleyway, which led up to the back of some garages, and then cut through onto a road, and then you'd go up a hill, round bend, uh, down and into um, the safe zone. However, I came out of the shop, I went right, I went right again, I looked up the alleyway, and there it was, three or four lads. And I thought, ah, Do you ever had that feeling where you instantly have sweaty palms, your body goes slightly tighter and you think, oh no, this is not good. Um, I'd had that experience before and I've had it since, but I definitely had it on that occasion. And I thought, no, this is not going to go well. Anyway, I walked up there kind of knowing what was going to happen, kind of aware that I had no other option. So I might as well just walk towards it. And sure enough, um, they, I can't remember what happened, but I do remember that I had a strategy in these moments. So um, I got punched a couple of times and um, I I would always go down onto the floor as quickly as I could because I figured they were just doing this for a sport. And so the the less interesting and the more like they've succeeded, the quicker, then the, the, the shorter the process would be, and then they'd move on. And so, sure enough, punched me a few times. I think they stole my bag, chucked it into uh, a neighbouring garden, and I lay down on the floor, and I curled up, and I would always remember, I'd curl up and tuck my um, my hands, my arms around my face, because I never really wanted to get my nose broken, <laughs> which is still true. So um, I curled up, protected my face, I still do it now with my little kids when they want to play with me in the house. I think, oh, that could really hurt if they kick me. So, um, yeah, I I learned to curl up small and protect myself. They'd kick me a few times. Maybe spit. That was always really degrading to be spat at. Um, They'd call you some names and then they'd walk off. Um, And then you'd give it a little while and then you'd get up and you'd walk away. And that would be the end of that. Feel a little bit shaken. Um, kind of destroys your self-confidence makes you feel inferior and like you're not good enough all that kind of stuff so it was never particularly great Um, but I was thinking about it I don't know why I've been thinking about it because it's a really long time ago now Um, I've been thinking about it on my on my runs and um, 
I've been thinking about it because I had been thinking about the Easter story. And so this thing happens uh, after the, so, you know, Jesus Christ, he lives, he dies, and then he resurrects, he comes back to life. And he comes back to life and then he appears to people. He appears to, to Mary and, and then after that he appears to the disciples and he appears to them in the upper room. And I've been thinking about this upper room concept. There's all sorts of stuff about the upper room. Um, but for this particular thought, it's about the fact that um, the disciples are described in the Bible as being in the upper room. Um, well, it says the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. And it just reminded me of how we have our fearful moments. And uh, for the disciples, they'd got really close to Jesus Christ. They knew him really, really well. They become followers of his. They'd thrown everything about their identity and their character and their story into identifying with Jesus Christ because they totally believed who he was and all that he spoke of and all that he claimed to be and all that they saw him do in the world. So they were absolutely all in. And then he dies and um, is you know, brutally crucified in front of everybody um, as, a, as a massive warning to the followers of Christianity, the followers of the way that if you carry on living like this then we'll we'll do this to you we do it to your leader then we'll do it to you as well so there is no surprise at all that when the disciples are found they are locked in an upper room it's like they're in their safe house they've gone they've hidden out they are absolutely petrified they are just like i was on that day walking home from school I'd curled up small, I'd put my hands over my face to protect it, and I was just lying there, um, being as small and insignificant and uninteresting as possible, so that I would be forgotten and I would be overlooked. The disciples were doing that very same thing when they're in the upper room. I wonder if you ever feel like that, in your life you know you don't literally curl up small and put your hands over your head though you might um, but it might be that you think oh do you know what I can't go out and face people today I can't do that I want to stay at home I don't want to have to go to that or that place or talk to those people or go to my job or experience the challenge that I know I've got to face up to. There are so many different occasions in our lives. You know, it could be at school, it could be doing exams, it could be hanging out in friendship groups or peer groups or having awkward discussions or being people who are who you who work and have awkward job situations or are supervisors or managers and have to deal with situations that are out of their comfort zone. It's like, um, it's pretty much endless, the, the moments where we can feel really, really fearful. And what we want to do is curl up small because it's just all too much. Do you have those moments? This crazy thing happens in the story 
of the disciples and Jesus Christ. So they've locked themselves for fear of their lives in the upper room. And it says that Jesus came and stood among them. So I love that, right? We do what we can to curl up small, to lock ourselves in, to, to be unknown, to be forgotten, to be ignored, to be overlooked. And yet in this story, Jesus comes and stands among them. So even though the door is locked, even though they've done all they can to hide out, God comes into their story and finds them. Now, for me, obviously, um, as a as a Christian, I, I love that because I love the thought that God breaks into even the most painful of places and meets me there. And that might be true for you as well. But it might be that you're you're not a Christian and you're not someone who explores faith. But you know, if that is the case, then there is still going to be someone or something else that could break into that moment. And I just wonder who that might be for you or what that might look like for you. Would you dare to cry out to God or the universe or to a friend or a family member in one of those moments of deep fear where you just want to lock yourself away and hide? Someone or something who is not locked in the room with you, allow them to break into your story. Do you know what I love about the Jesus story and the upper room is that he breaks in and then he says to them, peace be with you. Man, I love that. That just gets me every time because what do you want to know when you're so scared that you've curled up small? You want something bigger than yourself to say, peace be with you. I've got this. It's going to be okay. You are okay. And tomorrow will be okay. You know, that's what Jesus says to the disciples in those words, peace be with you. Wow. It must have been a moment for them where they stopped curling up small and they started to open up and expand who they were just a little. It's a kind of peace that passes all understanding. That's my thought for you. If you are someone who curls up small to survive, if you are someone who right now knows that you are curling up small to survive, may I ask you, is there someone or something that you might allow to break into your room, to break into your story, to come and give you a hug, to give you some assurance that it is okay and that it is going to be okay? Would you allow them to offer you peace? So that you may move from your curled up, small to survive place to a new place where you can stretch out wide because you know what we want more than anything else is that each of us can share the beautiful gift that we are with those around us. You are a beautiful gift. Wouldn't it be great if you could share who you are with those around you? So I pray that you may have peace and freedom this day and always. <laughs>